Bookworms Horror Podcast is sponsored by Creepy Crate. Creepy Crate is a horror and true crime subscription box filled with spooky collectibles, macabre accessories, and terrifying goodies. Each bi-monthly box is filled with over $85 of terror and includes at least one horror or true crime book. This box delivers dread to your doorstep for just $39.99 with free shipping. Go to creepycrate.store to subscribe. Use the code bookworm5 at checkout to get $5 off your subscription. That's bookworm5 for $5 off your subscription. And now to the show. Welcome to Bookworm's Horror, the podcast that offers you tips on writing, especially in the horror genre. My name is James Zipliti. I am the host of the Real Demons of Pop Culture podcast. This week's episode is all about an American werewolf in London and the story of werewolves. If you haven't yet picked up Bookworm's Horror Zine, you can get it in the Etsy link in the show notes. There are only a very little amount of issue one, the premiere issue left at a discount at $5 with free shipping. But issue two is still available, so go to the show notes, check it out. This week on Bookworms Horror, Regina and I continue our conversation on the inner critic and trolls. Regina is a Wadi Award winner for Best Horror Novel, as well as multiple screenwriting awards, including a Webby honoree. Regina is also the contributing editor of the best-selling Local Haunts, a horror tube anthology. Find Regina and her alter ego, Batilda, at her booktube channel, Regina's Haunted Library, and on her blog, rstclair.com. Regina and myself are the editors of the Bookworms Horror Zine, and since we're seeking great horror fiction for bookworms, we created this weekly podcast to offer writers quick tips on writing for the genre. Find all our links in the show notes. Now let's jump into my conversation with Regina as she speaks with me from her haunted library. I will say if this is something that you cannot handle, then you got to find another way to promote your work because it's going to happen. Yes. There is I, no I cried way. When, I cried when someone called me a twit. Oh, <laughs> really? When I, like, I, I feel like I had that to get. That doesn't sound so like bad, I guess, compared to what I thought you would no, say. No, this shows how sensitive I am. <laughs> uh, someone called me a twit. Someone said, also said I was boring, which kind of hurt my feelings. But luckily, I haven't gotten too many comments about calling me ugly or old or those kinds of things, I think, would, would definitely hurt my feelings. But it's not like my channel is about trying to look good. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about, I always try to make an effort. And I'm talking about books and things like that. Some of my most ranty videos, and I, I have recorded some videos that 
I felt were too ranty that and I ended up not posting them. Mm-hmm. But a few times I got a little ranty and people love those videos. But I, I feel like you have to be really careful that you don't get sucked into being that person that likes to rant. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. And this is what I always say when people like, oh, I want to have a, a hit video that's a million or something. I'm like, remember, though. What do you, so here's a great example. And I always use this because I don't understand why you would want this, but there was that TikTok video that blew up and it was some guy riding a skateboard and drinking oh, with, juice. With a, right. With the Stevie Nicks. Yes. The, the Stevie Nicks Max song. song. Yep. All right. Everybody's like, oh, and then, so what's this guy going to do? Just ride and drink different juices all week? Like, <laughs> like what is the point of that? Yeah, sure. People enjoyed that. But if that's what you're trying to get, Whoever said like and follow wants more of the thing that you did. And that's why I appreciate what you said about I'm going to do what I want to do and give you more of that because whoever likes and follows that, they will get more of what I like to do. Yes. And they're out there. Yes. That's, That's the beauty of it. You don't have to be something you're not. You can be yourself and and talk about the things that you love. And I follow a lot of those channels those small booktube channels that are talking about obscure books and their the, the weird stuff that they enjoy i find those channels very not just entertaining i get a lot out of them i i enjoy listening to them and that's the authenticity and people yep. get that and they're like i and stop trying to please everyone it's not going to work yes and if you're just call it like clout chasing yeah. whatever the whatever the popular notion is of this week, you can do that. And I think you can have fun with that. But if that becomes your content, it's a little, I don't know. Well, lonely. what's funny <laughs> is even if you aren't, like I've done a lot of videos that I absolutely, and I'm talking TikTok, where I would do like my fake stories where it's a vampire or something or zombies and it would get a lot of views and people get upset that I did something that got a lot of views. And then they call me a clout chaser. And it's like, no, I did something I did. It, if people like it, that's, that's that. I am not, I don't even know how you would do what I did to, to chase clout. Like, <laughs> yeah. that way. like I was so weird and stupid in some of those videos. Well, I think you can do a popular topic of the week and not be a clout chaser. I just, right. But I'm it, saying it, that trolls becomes- are going to call you that anyway. Yeah, and it also if, if that sort becomes your channel, that that kind of becomes your channel. So one action item would you give to a person to stop that inner voice? Do you have something? Action item. Something they can I, do today if they hear the inner voice. I, well, I if you can identify it, yes. You can separate yourself from it. Even putting I know this is a maybe a therapeutic exercise, have it, have your inner, let's say your Karen sit in a chair across from you and have her say the worst thing she could possibly say about you. And this is just something you do on your own. Oh, you're, you suck or whatever. And then just come back with her at her. Okay. Well, I suck, but I don't care because I enjoy doing this and I don't care what you think. Or and, just, and I don't suck because, you know, you know, it's right. Reasons. Provide evidence. Say, OK, Karen, where's the evidence <laughs> that I suck? Because I and, you know, and if it's not, yeah. you're not going to be able to find that. It's interesting you brought that up because David Sedaris, when he put out his first book. Oh, he's so great. He actually he was so fearful that the 
critics were going to hate it, that he wrote his own reviews and tore his own stuff apart so that when he would have something worse than what could ever possibly come out. And yes. And and they liked it anyway, but the, what's it? Me talk pretty that one. I've, uh, I, I've read a couple, like I think one of his books running with scissors. Was that? No, that's uh Burroughs, right? Oh no, no, no I'm um, thinking of Augustus someone else. Bur- something. Yeah. But Sedaris wrote his own bad reviews. So when they actually came out, he wouldn't have anything. They couldn't say anything worse than what he wrote. There you go. I mean, yeah. That's that's one strategy. It, it it really is the fear. What gives the bully or the troll power is the fear that what they say is true. Yes. That all the, all the horrible things that we think about ourselves, that we're afraid that they're true. But if you really step away from that and think, why am I thinking all these horrible things about myself? And what is, what is that getting me? And I certainly don't, I can't be the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I can't be the worst out there. I had somebody leave a really nasty review on one of my books recently. And, and it, it did kind of uh, upset me for maybe 30 seconds. And then I really just moved past it because it doesn't matter that, the, and it is true. And I think this is just who we are as, as human beings. We'll remember the bad review and we won't remember the 20 good ones. And bad and good is relative. And so yeah, I actually on my, um, I have a YouTube channel that like I have six subscribers, but it's the uh, turn off, tune on. I mean, turn off, tune out and drop in YouTube channel. And yep. I, I'm thinking of doing something where I discuss what the world would consider bad art or bad movies or bad music. and. You know, you introduced me to the room before the world knew what the room was. I I think I I brought that to the East Coast. Honestly. You absolutely <laughs> did. I I hundred percent because I saw the billboard when I was out in L.A. Yeah, that that was probably fifteen <laughs> years ago or something crazy it, like what, that. It, and I remember having a screening in my living room. Yeah, I was there. I and, know. And then I got Tommy Wiseau on my show back then. I on know the, that was amazing. Scene. You can actually hear that interview. It's on This Is Some Scene. That's my interview podcast. But I, there's something about how much joy that movie gave to people. Whether it, he meant that or didn't. Like, You know what I love about The Room is somebody had the balls to make that movie. Yeah. And believed in himself enough to do it. That's right. I, admire that so much rather than being that person on the sideline and we all know these people who never really seem to do anything but just love to criticize everyone else yep it's i have no respect for the the critic i have so much respect for the tommy was who can gets out there and make something even if it's quote unquote bad it's still great and he was able to turn it around and make something out of it and not just crawl under the bed mm-hmm. and, and hide and because of the awful things people said about it. He, well, maybe in his mind, he still thinks it's great. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah. And no they one, actually made a movie about making it. Yes. Which is very funny. And, and again, 
it's no one could have made that with the intention of being what it is. Like you had to really believe in something and yourself to have created that. You can't, you couldn't have wrote that on paper the way it was if you were trying to get the result it got. Exactly. It's why I love camp. Yeah. Real camp doesn't try to be camp. It just is. It's like, uh, like, a great example, of course, would be Valley of the Dolls, which is such a camp classic. But what makes it so great is it's trying to be so serious and so good. And it's it's fabulous. Yeah. All right. Well, um, the only thing I'll add to a one action item is I do believe that meditation, even five minutes a day, helps you do what Regina suggested was to identify that voice. So yes. we go through our lives on like autopilot with our brains running all over the place and slowing down and trying to just, and I, I was listening to this podcast or a book, I don't know what it was, but they're saying, you know, the goal isn't to just listen to your breath the whole time. The goal is to recognize when your mind goes crazy and bring it back to the breath, uh-huh. right? So when you do that, you're training your brain to stay quiet longer. And if it does get to a place where that inner critic is coming at you, you'll be able to stop and bring it back to quiet. And yes, so it's, that- it's, it's grounding yourself, mm-hmm. focusing. And this is what nature, to a lot of us, comes like if just going out and observing nature you get away from your own neurotic thoughts and you realize that it doesn't really matter or look at the stars at night and you'll see how vastly insignificant (laughs) your little project really is that can be very freeing yeah like i'm gonna write i'm gonna make a movie it's like uh there was this i'll tell a quick story that i heard one uh it was a, a documentary about how ashby and John Voigt was telling the story about, I think it was when they were making that movie Coming Home, the Vietnam story. Yeah. And John Voigt said he was getting really uptight about something on the set or his performance. And, and Hal Ashby, which was kind of, he was kind of like a hippie dude. It was like, oh, what's the problem? We're making a movie. We're having a great time. Let's just relax and make this movie. And John Voigt was saying that really helped him. And I think if you can go into a project, which and making films, of course, it's high pressure. But if you can have that attitude toward your creativity, that can quiet that inner critic because it's like, I want to go back to childhood. Yes. Where I'm not thinking somebody's going to think this sucks. I'm going to just be doing it for the pure joy of creativity and expression. If we yeah. can get back to that, then we're in a, a good place. Yeah. I mean, Alfred Hitchcock has... Uh, that saying it's only a movie and we're mm-hmm. talking about Hitchcock you know like but even he's looking at it in that idea where it's why are you getting so uptight it's only a yep. movie it's only a movie alright well we'll be back next week with distractions Ooh. thank you for tuning in to the bookworms horror podcast all our links are in the show notes we'll be back next week with a new episode
Bookworms is a Gorilla Delphia production. Yeah.